This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's up, folks? Uh, taking an ad out on my own podcast just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my Hard to Say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area. Look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know the 22nd, 24th, and 27th, I'm going to be in Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, a.k.a. suicide disease. This is a show I've been working out uh, for a while that, that has been extremely fulfilling and uh, wonderful, uh, you know, despite not being good feeling physically. Um, you know, I know I harp about it a lot and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com slash shows, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S.com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um, I hope this was a, I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Hey everybody, this is Never Seen It. This is the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before. Uh, You know that probably since you are listening Today's episode is very fun. Returning is Dan Sheehan. He has never seen A Clockwork Orange, but he rewrote it and we read his script. Wonderful time. Um, A movie we've never done before, which is nice. And Dan has been on here, uh, like I said before, he's incredibly great comedian, writer. He is the uh, runner of, that's fun to say, he runs a Twitter account called Not A Wolf. He actually just wrote a book called I Am Not a Wolf, and that book is available, uh, you know, kind of wherever you get books, through Andrews McNeil Publishing. You guys know how to find books. I Am Not a Wolf, written by Dan Sheehan. It, it, it's super fun. I don't know. We had a fun time sort of talking and breaking down the comedy style of a satirical Twitter account, something I've never really thought too much, but it was, it was great. And uh, um, Sick of Wolves is the account, Not a Wolf. You may know it. It's a pretty famous satirical Twitter account that's been around a long time. And it's really funny. But Dan Sheehan has never seen A Clockwork Orange. He rewrote it. We read his script. We're joined by Mike Carroza. It is a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, we play some games. We hang out, do some talk. It's it's, it's nice. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Check out Dan's book wherever you get books. Hopefully you get books. However, 
Uh, and you know, and if you can't come find me on on Instagram, I'm I'm teetering up towards five thousand followers. I'm trying to get there. I'm getting kind of close. At Kyle Ayers, uh, Twitter is the same. I'm going to be announcing some tour dates. We also have a couple of live podcast dates, and I have some stand up dates coming up. So you want to find me at Kyle Ayers on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm at Kyle Comedy. If you do TikTok, I just I put some old clips up there sometimes. But at Kyle Ayers on Instagram, Twitter, find me on there. Please enjoy Dan Sheehan. He has never seen uh, a Clockwork Orange, but he rewrote it, and I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. Thank you for listening. Let's just do it. Let's do it. We'll get right in. We know how it works. This has never seen it. This is the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before. Today, having never seen A Clockwork Orange, joining us once again is Dan Sheehan. Thank you for being here. Hello. And uh, joining us once again, I'm going to say probably also never having seen A Clockwork Orange is Mike Carosa. Thanks for being here. Hi, but incorrect. I've seen it. You've, You've seen, seen it. This? Okay. I am. Yeah. Feels a little violent for the boy, but that's okay. And it was. I got scared of it. It was spooky in a weird way. <laughs> that's why I've never seen it. It feels like it would make me uncomfortable. Uh, everything I know about it just it, seems like it does. Would... It it really does. The thing is, like, I like horror movies and uncomfortable shit. Like, Hereditary is one of my favorite movies. Possessor Uncut is a movie I'm recommending to anybody who feels like they want to watch a thing that made them feel similar to Hereditary. Uh, but then like this movie is like oh the clockwork orange everybody loves it and i'm like no too much just too a bit much. much there's something like kubrick is good at that sort of hyper extreme version of the genre of movie that he's making and i don't even right. know if this is like straight up horror as much as it's kind of dystopian right. anger or something but it, I- it is unsettling in a it's way very that, unsettling. that a lot of uh, movies are not. It's also what I like to call a double red flag. If you meet someone <laughs> and this is their favorite director's favorite movie of theirs, uh-huh. then maybe it's a great movie by an all-time director. But if they're like, my favorite director is Kubrick because of A Clockwork Orange, you got to be like, let's hang out in groups. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's a person you cannot trust one-on-one. Uh, yeah. Not n- with nothing. I'll say it to their face. You but, just got to start with zero trust there and like let them kind of work their way back up. That's on them for mentioning that so yeah. early on in the yeah, I, yeah. Man, I think the trust ceiling falls with Ooh. that kind of revelation. I'll I'll go so far to say that. I like I'm all in on what Kyle just said. Like He can sure. even be your favorite Huge director. If he's your favorite director, yes. give me a nice Barry Lyndon. Give me a nice, but, you know what I like? I like the movie where it's a bunch of Victorian era people sitting still. I'll that's give yeah. The Shining. If you're like The Shining's my favorite movie, I'll be like, all right, sure. Yeah. That's There's, yeah. Okay. He has a lot of movies that could be your favorite movie. This is on the bottom of the. I mean, to be fair, if you're like Lolita is my favorite movie, that's probably that's the also, bottom of the total. That's pole. super low trust. Especially that's if you're like, it's my down. favorite movie. Who's Kubrick? Do you know what I mean? If you're just like, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I even know that guy was involved with this one. Oh shit! That dude made other movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check out just that one and the behind the scenes to The Shining where he talks to the cast. Those are my two oh, favorite Kubrick. My moments. God! And that's the other thing about the uh, this movie is that um, this movie and all other Kubrick movies is that they come with the baggage of you know he literally tortured his actors and his crew and like there are some things that if I like I went into watching this movie knowing things about stories on how they got the shots for these and mm-hmm. all the all the terrible things that went down and I'm like I can't watch this knowing that that's real I know? did not know about that but that I is think very that funny. Uh, I'm not sure 
to the extent with this specific movie, obviously the famous Kubrick stories all come from The Shining, right? Where he's talking about the difference in how he treats Nicholson and um, just like the yeah. But the and basic, he was like terrible to like Shelley Duvall, like right? Shelley Duvall, Absolutely. right? Right, exactly. That's what like that's what I was trying. Yeah, like the 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 Nicholson kind of just having like free reign on how he performs versus Shelley Duvall being like not even giving call sheets and just being woke up in the middle of the night so she she'd look tired. Like, dude, just hi- you yeah. know, there's makeup people. It was like it was really kind of the beginning of what culminated in like Jared Leto Joker. Where it, wow, it was just like just wow. being like like oh, in service of being weird for a movie, we're gonna let you be awful to your co-stars because like oh, that was all the stories about Jared Leto like before he's like he, mailing rats and stuff to the co-stars yeah, 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 yeah. for like a ten-minute cameo in Suicide Squad, all because he like heard that Heath Ledger did weird stuff too, and it was like he was right. like mailing people like used condoms and stuff like. And now you're just like, you know oh what, suicide, you know, the Suicide Squad, the new one looks great. And you know what? Uh, I don't think he's in it, but you know what it is? A CGI shark. And that looks so much more fun than yeah. the rat mail-in <laughs> weird guy from the band. there was another one. Oh, no. Oh, James Gunn is doing it. So it's like, oh. I got a little it's faith like, that this could be fun. The trailers okay. look fun. Uh, I think It that looks at least like like it knows what it is. You know? Flula like is in it, nice. which is incredible. Um, Who? Flula Borg, he's done the podcast no before. Okay, he's in it sick. as some, you know, John Cena's funny. Um, uh, Margot Robbie is seems to be created play, to play yeah. Harley Quinn. Like yeah. she exists in a, I, she's synonymous with that. Like a lot of these superhero performances are now, where I think she's just great. Uh, I I hope it's good. I don't know anything about. I'm not a big comic. You know, I don't know anything about any of this. But Me it neither. looks funny. I bought one comic in my entire existence. Guess what it was? Yadoye Travis wrote a Batman comic, and I bought that this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when that gets made into a movie, the only comic book I hadn't I heard about that. I'll have to check that out. Oh um, yeah, it's like the newest Batman uh, issue. Hold on, it's called Legends of the Dark Knight, issue sixteen. Oh nice. Uh, he yeah. has the tweet I probably quote most frequently in casual conversation, which is. Coffins cost four thousand dollars. Just bury me limp. <laughs> bury me or loose. 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 That's loose. what it is. Bury me yeah, loose. Yeah, yeah. The phrase. You know bury how many me times loose. that fucking uh, thing has been uh, re- like not retweeted, but uh, repurposed by other people's tweets oh, sure. and been like the exact same thing or like just plagiarized completely. Yeah, that's yeah. how you know you word. hit a good one is when it becomes like something that people are just constantly stealing. Which is like so frustrating because like that that's not a great you don't want to have success mean that people steal something from you a million times right. over. But I had right. some joke get like hyper lifted into a meme on TikTok yeah. and then on Twitter and I was calling people out for it. And I was like, yeah. I wrote this. And like, you didn't write it. I'm like, look, here's when I wrote it. Find it before then. And I sent them like yeah. when I tweeted it in like 2015 or mm. whatever. And then I did it on television a year before right. they were stealing it and blah, 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 blah. Because the sound got to anyways. And eventually right. they were just like, actually, you just are a bigot. And I'm like, what's happening? And they're huh? like, yeah, you're a bigot. And I'm like, I'm a, so you admit I wrote it. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah, bring it. I need this. Okay. Point I need still this. stands. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so what? Now your name calling? Two people but were arguing about who I'm wrote right? it. They yeah. were like mad at each other saying the other one stole it. And I was like, actually, I wrote it. And they both were like, no, you didn't. Fuck. They teamed up on me. I'm like, well, you can't. That's I'm insanity. just joining the first argument. Man, the worst part is if you wrote it and you got like, I don't know, 100, 200 likes on it. And then somebody steals it like literally word for word, like a full week later. You saw them like it, and then they repost it under their thing, and it's like 30K likes, 
4,000 retweets. Like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. You're like, see it on mine, dick. It's What's very the fr- problem I mean, here? I would say a more frustrating thing would be if people who were going to do your show mm. knew all the games you played on your show because they liked the show and they wanted to do the show and they were like, we'd love to. And then last minute they cancel and then they just make their own show based on it. That is the exact same same premise and they start charging tickets for people to participate in it. And they make a ton of money off of the thing that they told you they liked from your podcast. That would, that would suck. That would sucks. And I'll say if anybody, if, if anybody does that shit and if it has been done, I'll see you. I'll see you. Oh, right we all see it. It's frustrating when other people, you know, I don't be mad. People do their thing and they, they're selling yeah. ticket and make all. This is too inside of baseball. For, well, for no. Me to well, not here's, drop here's the thing that's good about to. being me is that I do whatever I do and nobody wants a piece of it, so it works out <laughs> for no one. <laughs> I can imagine, and this is before we get into the script. Uh, um, Dan, not a wolf. That's right. Yeah, a, a very specific tonal existence on the internet that I cannot imagine has gone without being mimicked. Right. There's there's definitely every now and then something will pop up where I'll just be like, oh, like the, the cadence of this feels similar to what I've been trying to do. But I also like, so before I did a lot of stuff with the wolf, my own tweets just got stolen a ton. And it's always very frustrating. And it still happens. Yeah, it still happens all the time. But it, all it was the like- time. It was at its worst, like 2012 to like 2015, like the peak BuzzFeed years. Oh, and shit. nothing nothing sucked more than like you're sitting there, you're trying to get writing jobs, you're trying to get noticed and to have people be like, hey, you're funny and we acknowledge it. Uh, mm-hmm. And they they do that. They, they, they will take every part of your writing that they can without paying you or giving you credit for it. That's and the thing so, that I don't like, think people understand that. They love it. I don't mean to interrupt you, but there are people who are like, you go for jobs and they're like, how's your internet? What's this? What's like, it's almost like you're building a resume online. So when someone just like lifts a joke and it goes crazy somewhere else, that's making it look like you took it or taking it off of your resume. Yeah. Yeah. Well now, now you got to show up with receipts being like, I wrote this joke. It was stolen by this and it did amazing on their account. Is there any bigger (laughs) receipt than a book? It's that was kind of why I wanted to do it. Like, so when I wrote the book, I like didn't, post off the account much except for like to react to current events because like you can't Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's no use for that in a book um and so i like basically just took every idea that i had for it everything that was good and i just was setting it aside and like i was like this is a concerted like this is me making something and finishing something and like here it is and it can't Mm -hmm. be like repurposed into gifts or like put onto oh hell yeah mike's got his copy we should. Uh, I want to like take yours. a minute oh, and tell mirror? everyone in case they're not. So I will have explained this in the intro because you know I record these intros separately. So uh, Dan, here our guest today at Sick of Wolves on Twitter, which is not a wolf. Is what a lot of people know this is not a wolf. That which is uh, um, I don't know how the best way to like you know it's like a satirical Twitter account before everyone made these for everything all of the time. Right? Yeah. You were like, like completely engrossed <laughs> in a in a character. It makes me feel like the oldest man on the internet sometimes. <laughs> right. I mean, because what? Being at least it didn't get like, appropriated by the alt right, and now you can't draw your frog anymore <laughs> oh or yeah, something that's like true. that. Oh my God, it's, the craziest, it's the craziest 
thing. Oh, I do. Man. I do like I find myself shocked that it's like never once like there's never been like a day where people were like, actually, this fucking sucks and we hate it. Like which usually most things that are on the Internet for a really long time. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like a point where things turn on it and like largely everyone's always like been very nice to it. And the people who like it like it a lot and the people who don't largely leave it be um and so like i've always been very grateful to occupy this like space on the internet that's like largely pretty peaceful um and yeah it's like it's it it was such a it's been around for so long now like i started this thing like 2014 technically earlier than that but i didn't start like tweeting at, uh, from it like every day and trying to make it like an actual comedy project until like summer of 2014 and then that's like around when it took off and then the book stuff started to happen around 2017 and it's like now it's 2021 and it just came out which like it's beautiful right it's it, thank you I, i'm like i'm super proud of it i'm so happy that it's like out there and that people can read it i think it's like you know, one of the funniest things I've ever written, and I hope I get to write more stuff like it. It's just, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's a choose-your-own-path uh, book about a wolf pretending to be a man, uh, but it's also, you know, less literally speaking. Uh, it's just like a satire of society and work culture and how trying to fit in makes you feel insane sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's what so- I always, the wolf, so in its one line is a wolf pretending to be a person figuring out... Uh, um what is like, like, no, I can't think of the word day to for day? it. Like, like, di- like day-to-day life, but like little human interaction things, right? It's like yeah. the observational stuff that used to make Twitter great, but through the guise of like a complete outsider. And then right. it's funny because it's also an outsider whose like existence we sort of understand, like a wolf. I hate breaking down jokes. This is making me want to kill myself. And- <laughs> no, I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad when people say nice stuff about things that I've made. So I, that I, it, I'm here's what we'll do. So let's just so we'll pretend to be a person, and then in a space, I actually pull. And I want to get into the script, but I want to talk about this. We're talking about this. Here's a few of the not a wolf tweet, and this, so here's a thing here that makes a lot of sense. So you're talking about 2017 ish. You're starting to work on this book. It comes out in 2021. Mm. What has transpired since then? besides like a complete political collapse and the entire change of how Twitter exists and how all interaction works online. Do you know what I mean? There's the, yeah. the not the, do it to the tune of the, we didn't start the fire though. Right. The whimsy <laughs> has fallen and the wolf sort of maybe pivoted to being like you said, more current things because you're working on the book and blah, 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 blah. Here's some wolf tweets that I like. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I opened four tabs, but I want to just read, uh, find my favorite one here. Where is it? Where is it? Here's my favorite one. Oh, go for it. Everyone knows the locker room is not a place where you talk. It's a place where you point at strangers and say, that guy has a wolf penis. That's so funny. (laughs) I love, I love, I love, I don't know. What I just really love is just something that's like, it, it's just so funny so to me. Stupid. I'm not even gonna explain it because I hate when people explain it, but it's just so funny to me. <laughs> Thank That's you. So dumb. <laughs> it's just like it's just within the structure of a joke. It has all the parts, and then uh-huh. it's just also like almost an anti joke penis. because there really is the only turn is the thing that would actually obviously happen. <laughs> Don't I keep saying I'm done explaining jokes? But it makes me feel ridiculous to try and explain this, so I'm overdoing it. No, I but love it. I, I mean, expl- like it, it's part of it is like we we know it's funny. We're already showing appreciation that it's funny by laughing and being like, "This is funny." But to like between comics to like really go to that point of being like, "Here's why I think it's funny." You're kind of showing like 
this is what I like that you do. And I want to show you that I see you in the joke rather than just being like, this joke is funny. It's like, I see you in the joke and I like that part. And I think that that's what's sweet about all this. In the yeah, mo- I, yeah. I really like it for the record. <laughs> <laughs> you should write I'll, that down. Uh, I'll the, say yeah. there are illustrations in this uh, in this book that I really like as well. Um, and uh, there's one where uh, the wolf is behind a register, like working a job, and there's just a big sign that says "Big Guns Rent Today," and this <laughs> sign just makes me laugh every time I see it. That's I've, the uh, uh, the illustrator God. I worked with, Sage Coffee. They are so funny. Uh, so they basically like I I told them like the different stuff that was going to happen uh, in the plot and basically showed them like the parts that I thought would were like big enough to like need illustrations. And so then they just kind of ran with it. So all the oh, video yeah. store stuff in that uh, illustration was all Sage. They like mm. they really just knocked it out of the park. It was so fun to like get to talk through all those. There's like I think there's one movie poster in that one that's just called like really long boots or something. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I want to say because we're go we didn't expect to talk about this this much. You know what I mean? We come on and people uh, check the book out. It's very funny. I want to tell everyone to check it's out. Good. Normally I don't uh, want to be shamelessly promoting someone's thing at the actual person whose thing it is. Cause it makes me feel very weird. <laughs> no, really I mean, funny. honestly, I appreciate it it's so really much. Funny. Cause like this thing came out right before, like it, it, in May, this came out like early mm-hmm. May. And like, I don't know if anyone's been watching the news, who's listening at home, but it's been kind of a spicy spring, uh, pretty much all over the world. Yeah. Uh, spicy. between like everything going on with the pandemic and like the reopening and then immediate reclosing. It's like, it's been very hard to like be like. Also, I made a book. Like, right, right, so right. oh man, I really appreciate anybody helping you know, remind people yeah. that it exists. I was in like, like a uh, uh, <laughs> so we're in post production for my album in 2020, and yeah. we were figuring out when it would come out. And we're like, well, if we do the vinyl, it, it, we could look at it coming out around November 10th, maybe November 12th or November 17th. And I'm like, okay, that seems good. It's right before the holidays. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, no, we have to do this as fast as we can and make sure it comes out in October. I need to do whatever we possibly can because I don't know what the state of the world will look like November 9th. And I don't know yeah. what you, and I, I couldn't picture myself that week where we were all checking in on Georgia every day being like, my God, yeah, well, I've got exactly. you guys here. Yeah, I we had the same issue. Like the uh, the initial release date was supposed to be like November like tenth or eleventh. <laughs> this thing was supposed to come out yeah. September eleventh, two thousand one, and we have been <laughs> sitting on it. <laughs> the weirdest part was delaying it in August. That I don't know yeah. what they knew that I didn't know. <laughs> right. Inside, um, insider track over here. They ended up still putting it out in, it came out in the UK uh, during that period. So it was like, it got kind of, it was, there was like a weird six month period where it was out in Europe, but not in the States. And so like European people were mm-hmm. like, we're digging it. And That's I was like, zones, I think, mostly. <laughs> and I was like, great, but I can't retweet this too much or else the people in the US will get mad. Um, Cause uh-huh. like when you're dealing with like a bunch of people on the internet, like people just get like, it, it, the the algorithm hides a lot of stuff from people. And so they'll be like, mm. where's this book? Where can I buy it? And if they couldn't right. buy it yet, it's like, they get disappointed. So once May came around and it was out, I was like, so thrilled, but then it was like bookstores were still closed. So I was like, Oh, there's all these copies of it out there. And I don't know where to buy them other than the internet. 
Right. Um, so it's it's been nice to like get to walk into bookstores again and to like see it on shelves and stuff. It's been really and crazy. to see it recommended by employees. I'll bo- I'll I'll toot your horn on that. Ah. I saw those posts. You see a bunch of people recommending "I'm Not a Wolf" by Dan Sheehan on their shelves. Ten out of ten, I recommend. Of course, one of my favorite classic friend pranks is, uh, and I've done this with Marina Schifrin's book is I'll autograph them and. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes my name, sometimes hers, and just take some pictures of it and send it to her. If anyone, if you, if you see anyone telling you that at the they went to the Americana Barnes and Noble and got your autograph, you're gonna have to tell them it's much worse. You're gonna (laughs) I degraded the value of the book uh, a a great deal. Just signing under the picture in the back cover or somewhere like that. I guess it's vandalism. A little bit. Yeah. This is all a joke. Obviously. <laughs> if you're I love it. What's though. Barnes and Noble gonna put their legal weight and get me? I'm a, For, please, I'll I'm back by Capital One Cafes. Um <laughs> Oh you talk you talk to Amy Miller about them? <laughs> the Capital One Cafes. Uh well we diverted away from a clockwork orange for a while. Good. Um, look man i'll tell you one thing that that happened uh during the filming of this movie that that really made me upset with stanley kubrick as if i wasn't already he found out malcolm mcdowell was afraid of snakes and was like great uh this whole day you're gonna be in bed with a snake that's your whole day shooting and we don't really have a real purpose for this scene you're just gonna hang out with the snake for a while you cool with that He definitely, it's just very bizarre. I will give this, if A Clockwork Orange has one, and it's still good. That's the thing about the movie. I think right. it's still a good movie. And it's, he's, is. but I would say if there's one thing that I really, mm-hmm. really appreciate about it is that it's given a lot of people a good last minute Halloween costume. And <laughs> yeah, not a Jesus. lot of Kubrick movies do that because you can, you can dress, what's something else from one of his movies you can dress up as last minute? There's not a lot of it. You can dress up like a guy from Barry Lyndon. You just look like a fancy guy. You can dress up what like about- a guy from Eyes Wide Shut. You just look like a, maybe Eyes Wide Shut with a mask, but that's not that last yeah. minute. You're going to have, where are you going to come across one of those things last minute? What about that bear in The Shining that's about to do a BJ? Maybe, maybe, but you know, that thing had actually been up all night. That's the thing. He woke it up last minute for the shot. Uh, It's just not a lot of good. You could not a lot. This is a great, easy last minute costume. You got, you don't have to wear the suspenders. You got a white, dirty white Henley and some milk and you have a Halloween costume. I forgot about the milk. Oh man. Is milk a part of it? Milk is so inherently funny. I wish I had included that in the script. Let's do the script before we talk too much and and bring it up like that. Milk and corn are the two funniest. It's the funniest food and funniest drink. I, and honestly a meal I've had hundreds of times growing up. Oh, we talked about uh, original corn. corn. It was new corn. There's new corn. So there's old corn and there's new corn. Um, Because before corn looked like corn, it looked really weird and fucked up. And then over the years, we made it look the way it looks now. And so what what we're eating isn't original corn. It's new corn. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm having a stroke. Well, you describe this. I know. <laughs> I did some. I did some corn research, and it really took me down a dark road. Um, I've got the script pulled up, though. I don't want to go on a corn diversion. Uh, After you guys I, just said all these nice things I, about I'm me being too. funny, I just talked about <sighs> corn for what? forty five minutes. <laughs> Dan, one of the most original minds in comedy, and then Dan's like, "So corn has changed over years." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, original point from an original mind. <laughs> but wait, so. 
it's because sometimes you hear things about how like eight vegetables came from one, right? So we like grew yeah. out things oh. and everything sort of stemmed off of like all this like broccoli and cauliflower. All the, I don't know. I don't know if that's the example, but a lot of vegetables were bred out of one. Is Corn used to be dumb and now it looks like cobs. So, yeah. So like corn, to my knowledge, again, I'm not like a corn scientist, right. um, but uh, corn I would, I would to- say no one is. <laughs> I bet you there's got to be one. There's got to be one out there. Um, <laughs> corn used to basically be like a big, tall wheat where it was like just sing- singularly stacked little kernels. They were like a little chubbier. Um, just not not a lot of bang for your buck corn wise. Um, and so from what I've seen, it seems like in pre-colonial America, like indigenous people were able to like continually plant and self-select corn that was like better and better until we ended up with like the cobbed corn we have today. <laughs> um, and then obviously at a certain point, like after colonialization and then when like all this like food Frankenstein stuff starts happening, corn changed even more. And so like the corn reading today is like nothing like the corn of us a, a couple thousand years ago. You should do a um, podcast all about this and call it Borville Redenbacher. <laughs> But that's actually kind of insane. And it is a funny food. I'll give you that. That was mostly, I don't even think it's as boring as it was. I wanted to say Borville Redenbacher. Um, and now I'm just looking up old pictures of corn. There's literally 9,000 year old corn? corn. Yeah, it's, uh, here's another pun. It's amazing. Ooh. If you look up, I think it's ancient corn. Okay, so here's a great <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Ancient corn? If you look up, I think it's ancient corn. Basically, it looked like peas is what this looks like to oh, me. Oh, hold on. This yeah. corn just looked like vertical peas. Here, oh, I'm going to drop some corn images up. in the chat. No way. This looks you know what? stupid. It is. I mean, we're all. Yes. This will play good on the podcast, I, mean, I think. I, th- I think Everyone, if you're listening, pause this bit. and Google ancient corn. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Why am I looking at this? I feel wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, weird, man. I'm peering into the yeah, abyss dude. of the past. This looks yeah, like dude. when a bunch of puppies are lined up that are available for fostering. <laughs> like They're like, hey, all these dogs were just dropped off. And you're like, well, I don't want the weird, stumpy purple one. <laughs> yeah, this is. But this someone one has might. had a bit of a. Yes, yeah, it, it's one of those dogs where they're like, once he finds the right home, he's really going to be happy. But he does bite everyone. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> That's why we called him Teeth. And now we got on all this just because of milk. Yeah. It's Which crazy. is also funny, but I think has been the same for most of the time. <laughs> is there any older Which joke than that you can like the first guy who had milk? You know what I mean? That's sort yeah, of a joke Joe that Mandy everyone did that bit, think, yeah. kind of thinks they thought of type of thing. Huh. Yeah. One of those. Wait, can you imagine? It's like, I can. I have a good imagination. Huh. That's the yeah, thing I, is I can imagine most everything. I remember seeing Joe Mandy do that bit and he was like the dude uh, rode in on like a mechanic uh, thing you know like mechanics used to get under a car and just suck direct- directly from the udders and I thought that was a good use of my time I enjoyed that quite a bit yeah I mean the wrench was a little bit of a overkill but <laughs> you gotta you gotta loosen the mutters right I don't have a beef with that bit um, it's not fun anymore let's <laughs> I'm writing down we are 28 minutes into the podcast and we are not yet to the script. We are we're getting there. It's happening. My handwriting looks good today. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What did you bring in to a Clockwork Orange? So what, what I did knew you going know? in, without like spoiling your script, right? Yeah. So what I knew going in was that like mostly like the stuff you would see like in dorm room posters. So like I knew like bunch of guys white suits with like suspenders you knew jim belushi was in it <laughs> yeah basically yeah drinking that drinking out of that college it was about sweater. fraternity um smashes a guitar um, <laughs> you knew eight women with pink floyd album arts painted on their backs were in it i'm trying to think of the worst college posters like remember the dorm poster sales they would have in college oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> the, just the the ridiculous things you would put on your wall in the yeah. desperate hope of losing your virginity just yeah. in front like, of them like hey <laughs> to high five yeah, you after yeah can the reservoir dogs be here while I lose my virginity <laughs> <laughs> they comfort me um, <laughs> and I think I had an old white stripes poster in mine um, well, well it's not good white stripes are good yeah white stripes are still good yeah. that was uh but then i had a godfather poster which is just <laughs> like just fucking him with the cat like it was like who is that for like right uh, and then someone's like you want to watch a godfather like not at all yeah it's really long <laughs> <laughs> so okay so yeah you, it kind of you knew like the uh the college sort of yeah so i had like a conception of like not just the posters but the type of guy that had those posters right i knew though i knew like the phrase like like let's go do some violence or whatever like it's time mm-hmm. for violence i knew violence and crime were like a huge part of it that kind of sounds like if you put a song from mulan through a translator three or four times <laughs> let's go do some violence <laughs> <laughs> it hits all the beats <laughs> it hits it um so pretty much i just knew violence white outfits group of guys and then the scene where his eyes are being held open yeah. and they're watching stuff um that damaged his eyes yeah, in real life. Oh yeah, <laughs> like scraped his no, corner. And I feel, I feel no regrets for what I've done to this film. Wow, man. was it uh, was it current or ancient cornea that it uh, <laughs> oh, damaged? Oh, Kyle <laughs> <laughs> scraped his ancient corneas. Ancient, you know, back then they were more vertical. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm all for this because it also means now you can't cut the earlier corn bit. It has to stay in for context. <laughs> I just cut it, and everyone's like, the fucking worst joke Kyle's ever made. We've just cemented corn comedy's place in the future. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Let's so go ahead and cast this up. So so you're yeah, bringing yeah. in sort of like just the zeitgeist of the more the fandom than the actual plot of the movie. Definitely. I was like more just – I was aware of it's like its cultural footprint more than anything else. So right. let me pull it up here. And if you um, want to cast it as we go, you can also do that. We don't have to. Sure. Do it um, I will do stage directions. And then okay. I think there's like one incidental guy who I will voice. Um, and then, uh, Mike, do you want to be crime? Uh, I'll be. Or no, there are two incidental guys. Do you want to be Lord Crime? I would love to be Lord Crimely. Lord. And then Kyle, if you want to be Jeff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I. 
funny and then, you guys are giving it. Uh, no, they're both important characters. <laughs> Lord Crimely and Jeff. Right. No, they're and both, then I they're will both play Tax Evader and um, <laughs> Crime Man. Great. So probably equally right. tough guys. Oh my God. <laughs> These, uh, do you want to play? Tough guys. Do you want to play uh, Doctor Gun Hands or do you want to play Ike? <laughs> <laughs> What's Ike's deal? <laughs> what are his hands? What are his hands? <laughs> he has hands for hands. Oh, okay. So is his last name this is like a character I'm working on called uh, This is a character I'm working on called Guy Who Bases What He Wants to Know About Characters Off the One Time He Didn't Get to Play Dr. Gun Hands. No, yeah, what's his hands? <laughs> Tell me up top, man. What what does this guy have for hands? You got to hands it to you. Um, let's do it. I, I am Jeff. I am Jeff. All right. A sentence you can't say now because of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, All right. <clears throat> I'm now writing down that we haven't got to the script yet. <laughs> In 32 minutes. Here and we there's go. A cr- there's a crucial corn bit about midway through. <laughs> um, exterior, the city, night. It's a late night in the big city. The city is dark and full of crime. There are big crimes like murder happening everywhere. Even some little crimes are happening. It's clear to anyone who dares notice that this is a world where crime has won. (laughs) On a seedy street corner, we see Jeff, mid-twenties, all-white outfit, weird bowler hat, and his four unnamed friends. They're all dressed just like him, white shirts, white pants, and a number of different stupid hats. (laughs) They're trying to get into a top-secret crime club. Jeff knocks at the door, and a horrid crime man walks out uh, to look at him through a peephole. Hey, pal, you got the wrong address. Nope. This is right where we're supposed to be. Hey, what's the password, then? Jeff looks back knowingly at his friends. He winks and then turns back to the crime man. Crime. Hey, my mistake, sir. Please come in. (laughs) Welcome to Crimetopia, the club where crime is not only legal, but very cool. Um, (laughs) Jeff and his friends all pull pistols out of holsters and begin unloading into the crime man. They shoot him way more than is necessary at this point. And it should be stated that blood in this world does not work like it usually does. It sprays everywhere, making an incredible but kind of cool mess. Once the crime man is thoroughly dead, the five of them continue into the thumping nightclub where they're met by a well-dressed nobleman, Lord Crimely. Good evening, gentlemen. I see you remembered the second part of the password. Welcome to Crimetopia, <laughs> the club where crime is not only legal, but very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, the other guy actually already said that. Damn, really? Yeah. Sorry. It was basically the last thing he said before we killed him. Damn, man. That sucks. Well, I guess it's uh, you know it's good that he got shot with all these guns. Lord Crimely shakes off his visible disappointment. You're right. It's cool that you guys did that. I mean, I'm sorry. I've I've been terribly rude, by the way. What are your friends' names? <clears throat> well, I'm Jeff, <laughs> and my friends and I call ourselves the Beach Boys. Ah, copyright infringement. A good <laughs> crime. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We're excited to check out some other crimes. Of course, but there is just one rule. You cannot do any crime to me, Lord Crimely. I don't like it. I hate when crime stuff happens to me. Jeff confers with the Beach Boys. Fine, fine. We won't. We won't. (laughs) Awesome. That's really great to hear. 
Lord Crimely shows them into Crimetopia. It's a seedy nightclub with bad stuff going on everywhere. People are hitting. Everybody is talking talking too loud. It's chaos. Now this is what we came for. What sort of crimes can we do here? Lord Crimely shows them over to one group of guys playing dice games. These guys are gambling. The Beach Boys seem unimpressed. Mm, been there. Done that. They see some guys taking turns stabbing each other. <laughs> These fellows are doing violence. Okay, well, we sort of already did that on the way in. We're looking to mix it up. Okay, okay, looking for something more intense, some more intense stuff, I see. Well, how about, how about this? These men have all committed tax evasion. <laughs> There are three men sitting absolutely still in chairs. When Lord Crimely mentions them, one turns and waves. Hi. (laughs) This still isn't doing it for us. What's your biggest crime? Lord Crimely looks embarrassed. I'm so sorry, Jeff. I'm I'm so sorry, the Beach Boys. I don't really have a lot of good crimes left here. You guys did murder already. It was like the first thing you did when you came in. That's by far the most interesting crime. Ah, damn, I was afraid of that. It's almost as though relying solely on violence to push the narrative farther has ultimately pushed us into a corner we can't ride our way out of. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Lord Crimely is visibly upset, nearly in tears. Crimetopia isn't really much more rowdy than a dive bar. <laughs> Jeff, in an uncharacteristic moment of vulnerability, gives him a hug. It's okay. I, we We understand. Until someone comes up with a new type of crime, I guess we'll just keep... Having to rely mostly on murders. Did you did you guys want to watch a movie or something? Jeff seems tentatively on board. Is it pirated? Of course. The Beach yeah. Boys look incredibly <laughs> excited. Smash cut to all of them sitting in chairs in an all-white room with their eyes held open, like in that one shot of a clockwork orange that everybody knows. <laughs> They're all smiling and laughing and watching a movie together. <laughs> Lord Crimely brings them popcorn and sets it down. <laughs> you boys, let me know if you need anything. I will do, Lord Crimely. <laughs> and Jeff? Yes, Lord Crimely. Thanks for not doing any crimes to me. Of course, Lord Crimely. Lord Crimely leaves the room and the door shuts behind him. They're good boys. Wait, where's my wallet? (laughs) Suddenly, Lord Crimely remembers the hug Jeff gave him and realizes that he's been had. (laughs) He turns around to see Jeff holding his wallet and smiling. His and the Beach Boys' guns are drawn. Sorry, pal, but in a world where all crimes are legal but one, that one crime is actually, basically, the only crime. Wait, what? They shoot Lord Crimely with their guns, having ultimately learned nothing and gained a wallet. (laughs) The end. Uh, This is so dumb. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) This is good. I mean, yeah, you know, the movie is kind of guys just go to a bar and get violent. And then he's got to be trained to not be violent, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, then there's a very extended assault scene that I I cannot watch. 
that there that was one of the parts of it I knew about was that there were like parts of it that were like legendarily uncomfortable to watch, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, these probably don't have a place in in the script. No, not yeah, at all. that's um, okay. I don't think anyone will mind. I'll say the copyright <laughs> infringement bit. Very funny. That thank that you so much. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> you can get in trouble for pirating movies. I think I've talked about this before on here, but I did get a notice from my internet provider in New York when I torrented Bring It On, <laughs> and they send you a letter that's like, "We saw that you used peer-to-peer uh, sharing to get the file. Bring underscore it underscore on dot seven twenty p dot mp four, and you're like, this is embarrassing." That someone had to copy paste this in here. I mean, and they know where I, it went. What's more embarrassing is I that got, you had to send them a letter saying, "No, it's because I forgot my copy of it in Missouri, and I needed to watch it right, tonight." <laughs> I got um, one of those for a friend. Like while I was mm-hmm. at his house, I got him sent. I was pirating, and I got him sent one of those ISP things, and it like happened like days after I left from visiting. So he sent me an email. He was like, "Hey man, um, did you torrent?" ghostbusters like the the new ghostbusters (laughs) and you were like you're just trying to watch it on a plane and i was like yeah i like literally just wanted something to watch on the plane and i was like yeah i'm sorry and so now (laughs) it's i (laughs) now i legendarily will get made fun of anytime (laughs) i talk to my friend for having downloaded the deeply controversial (laughs) new ghostbusters to watch on a plane he'll show up with you at a bar and he goes hey barkeep Two drinks, but guess what? This guy loves Ghostbusters. He throws it in every time. <laughs> it's humiliating. <laughs> hey, you know, you you built your bed, you lie in it. That's kind of where that comes mm-hmm. from, I think, is Ghostbusters. You lie, on, mm-hmm. you lie in your bed underneath that giant weird painting that I don't know how to describe of that man that looks scary. Is that from Ghostbusters or did I fuck this up? <laughs> What? No, I think that's it. I don't. I haven't <laughs> seen any of the Ghostbusters before. Actually, I've never seen anything in the uh, GBCU, buddy. I've only seen the Ghostbusters movies back before I hit double digits. That's how far back this yeah. is. They're in like the the pile well, I know of when they came out. Exclusively like aired when I was like a kid at like family functions. That's like yeah. the only time I would see them. As like one kid would be in another room watching like Ghostbusters on like public. TV or something like. Wow, it's crazy. It's the perfect time for you to have a childhood that is potentially to be ruined later on with a remake that comes out. We're going to do a real quick thing here before we wrap on a Clockwork Orange. I'm going to read you some interesting trivia about Clockwork Orange and you tell me whether or not you find it interesting at all. Okay. okay? So this is a, a new game I just came up with right now. Not really a game. Here we go. Stanley Kubrick's first cut ran almost four hours. Is that interesting? That's, that is interesting. Is it just because that assault scene was longer? Because I feel like that might be it. Who knows? Fucking monster. To me... To me, it's not very interesting just because like most movies have a secret longer cut that exists out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This is go build on what Mike says. So the snake basil was introduced into the film when Kubrick found out that Malcolm McDowell had a fear of reptiles. The stated purpose was to make his character seem more intimidating, but it actually functioned as a practical joke by Stanley Kubrick. You know, one of those classic practical jokes, you know, snake pranks. You know, prank, entrust somebody with your uh, deepest fear, and then, oh, they got you. What if Malcolm McDowell was like, you know what I'm most afraid of? My parents being dead in front of me. 
But and then Kubrick's like, "Oh well, this is crazy, but your character in the movie uh-huh. <laughs> actually has your you, actual parents dead in front of him the whole time." Honestly, I bet you by the end of it, he was pretty glad he said snakes instead of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. anything else. <laughs> no matter what uh, he I said, Kubrick my- would rub his hands together like, "Ooh, yes, prank time." Uh, this is what do you think is this interesting? Stephen Kubrick had an assistant destroy all unused footage. Is that interesting or is that up your own ass? I think that's pretty interesting because like he, it was clear he was doing some not great stuff off camera. So like, was that like a ooh I'm making some fun movie mythology or was that like a there was originally a different guy cast in the lead and the snake got him mm. uh, type of situation? Huh. I want to see the burned footage. Do is- you think we can find that? No. <laughs> <laughs> One of two movies rated X on its original release to be nominated for Best Picture. Does it say the other one? one? Two movies. It does. Midnight Cowboy. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't know that movie was. Na- I'm looking at Midnight Cowboy now, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a funnier name of a character. Dustin Hoff. I've never seen Midnight Cowboy. Dustin it. Hoffman plays a character named Ratso. <laughs> hey man, Ratso. Just Fatso and Rat put together into one person. I suppose. I'll dig it. I dig it. Bring that Ratso. out of it. Ratso. Okay, that's good. I, I think you kind of, you understand what a clock of orange is, and I think we had a fun time with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a blast, man. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to real quick. Get ready to play before and after. Play a game here on the podcast called Before and After. Oh, so what yeah. I'm going to do is tell you two movie plots have been smushed together into one movie plot. I'll read you the plot. You give me the smushed together movie Title, uh, for instance, we have Wolf of Wally Street, Slumdog Millionaire Bud, nice. Lady Bud- Birdman, Good Bird Girl Interrupted. Those are some fun ones that we have out here. We've got some for you right here. Are you guys ready? You can work together or you can be in opposition to each other. Teamwork, baby. Uh, let's, Yeah, let's be buddies. Yeah. Here we go. Here's number one. Two boys set out with an older woman on a cross-country road trip across Belgium after a particularly difficult hit job. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Belgium Uh, makes me think in Bruges. Is that crazy? Or is Bruges just not there? (laughs) I'm trying to think. It can't be like a riding in cars with boys. Two older boys. Two boys, sorry, set out with an older woman on a cross-country road trip. Okay, so that's Belgium After a particularly difficult hit job. So we've got the road trip and we've got a difficult hit job falling out i'm trying to think of movies that take place after would it be after a botched hit would it be riding in bruges in cars with boys riding <laughs> riding in bruges with boys it is not I, You're halfway i don't know there. why in bruges is the only thing that's come to mind <laughs> um i feel like in bruges is, is solid um it just might i don't think it's riding in cars with boys i'm trying to think of what the what, what the other like road, road trip, trip things we have with like a Who's who? I don't know a movie that I can't think of a movie. Right, here we like go. That. We are looking for E two Mama Tambien Bruges. Oh my e2 god! E two Mama Tambien Bruges. Oh. I've never seen E two Mama Tambien. Me neither. But I got in Bruges. I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> okay, it's great. Hell I think yeah. you would like in Bruges if you watch that. That's a fun movie. Oh yeah. One of them. Yeah, it's real fun. Colin Farrell. It, it's just good. Okay. Nice. Number two. Two soldiers get impossible orders to run through enemy territory and deliver a message that the founding fathers must sing their way to signing the Declaration of Independence. 197 Hamilton? <laughs> I don't it's know. not 197 Hamilton. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Hamilton's the right yeah. um something Hamilton. 
Is it? So running through, running behind enemy lines. Um, I think the, the soldiers, that's not what they're, hmm. that's not what they're doing in saving private Ryan, right? They're, they're hmm. not delivering information. They're saving a guy. Hmm. Um, I don't want you guys to get too far off track, but you were half right, and it wasn't the Hamilton half. Oh, 1917 was right. Okay. So, ha- 197. Singing about the Declaration of Independence. What's that? Uh, School 197. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Somehow, Schoolhouse Rock reference. Uh-huh. So, ni- 1917. 19 can also be the front half. Um, oh. 9, 3, 10, Tayuma, 17, teen. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just. All right. We were looking for 1917, 76. Hey, how'd you figure out my pin number? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's our final one. An ultraviolent gangster submits himself to behavior modification after his college transcript is improperly sent in by his guidance counselor. Oh, Clockwork Orange County. Nice. (laughs) There it is. It's going to sound Incredible. crazy, but that one was already triggered to come up before you told me what movie you were doing. Oh, I had that one uh, set as to do, and here we are with the clockwork Orange, Orange County. County. What? Wow. That's sick. Wow. Hey. It's All an right. old, uh, a young Jack Black appears in that. I, that movie's great. I thought Orange County was yeah. so funny. Colin Hanks, Jack Black. He's I set his house on fire and his underwear. I remember seeing that one in theaters. I thought, right, is that where go. cock push-ups came from? Is that, is that where cock I push-ups? I think so. That's my get. Cause yeah, he everybody Google. He played push-ups. kind of like a. <laughs> I think it is from Orange County. I can't remember. Uh, I, I still got ancient corn pulled up. Or is it just for <laughs> tenacious D thing? Maybe it's just a tenacious D thing. I can't even remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a Google. We'll have the answer off air. Yeah, that'll be fun. For, that'll be fun for your uh, history there. All right, we're gonna play one game. It Ooh, does yes. not really have a ga- a name or a, a, a title yet. So what this is, is I'm going to give you the name of a character from a very random character from a very random movie. You have to tell me what movie that character is from. Uh, You will both guess. I will then tell you what movie they're actually from. And you have to tell me why you deserve to win. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really have a name. I've done it before. Anyways, basically it's like justify (laughs) why you were closer to your random character being the right movie than the random character that you're okay. Are you ready? I I think so. <laughs> I think so. So I'm going to give you a random movie character. Mike, you will, and then Dan, you will. Tell me what movie they're from, okay. and then we have to justify why you deserve to win. Mm-hmm. All right. Mutt Williams. Mutt Williams? Mutt Williams is in a movie. Uh, he's in what movie is he in, Mike? Joe Dirt, dude. Joe Dirt? Yeah, dude. It's not Joe. I don't know if it's Joe Dern. I can't remember. Dan, what movie is Mutt Williams in? Mutt Williams. God, I feel like I. I feel like I actually am close on this one, but I can't. It's, it's something like fifties or sixties adjacent, maybe eighties. I'm feeling like maybe. So it could be most um, of time. Is it an Is it an Indiana Jones movie? Oh, what? Was it Crystal Skull? It is, okay, Mutt Williams is Shia LaBeouf's character in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> okay, so what the an reason, embarrassing thing to have stored away in my mind. No. <laughs> All right, 
so for the next part, uh, the reason that I'm correct that it's from Joe Dirt, we still doing this part? Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, 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 Mike, why do you think you were more correct than the right answer? I mean, Mutt, <laughs> Mutt Williams, uh, that's a roadie guy that Joe Dirt knew and taught him a bad lesson. You know what I mean? Uh, so, okay, so let me weigh both options here. I'm going to have to give this one to Dan, fuck. who knew <laughs> what character the movie was from, or knew what movie the character was from, and figured it out. It was close, though. I, Mike, I'll give you a second or third place on this one. Okay, right. thank you. I appreciate that. I can't believe you let me just keep talking. <laughs> That's absolutely... I knew instead of Mutt Williams, I should have said Dean Charles Stanforth, a different character from the same movie who I'm I hoping... Would, I would not See, have known Then I would was. have guessed Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull. <laughs> <laughs> <I know that. laughs> oh, wow. Well, who knew that game found its end three times into playing it? <laughs> So this has led me to uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's IMDb page where he's making movies that sound like satire of Steven Spielberg things. So Steven Spielberg is a producer on on a bunch of projects coming up. Okay. And they sound, like I said, they sound like jokes. Here's movies. He's a, he's a producer on something called Masters of the Air. Doesn't that sound like a joke project that Steven Spielberg would be involved with? Oh, yeah. Um, the, all of the Jurassic Park things and Transformers things sound fake. Rise of the Beasts. Is that Transformers or Jurassic World? Uh, I want to say um, Jurassic because they're saying Beast. It is. that It is Transformers, Rise what? of the Beasts. Oh, the next Jurassic the Park are... is called Dominion. Um, un- untitled third Tin Tin film. Steven Spielberg feels <laughs> that one's uh, That one's Transformers. That's Transformers. There was a second Tin Tin film? Oh, no. I think it's just titled. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's got a lot. We're... They're really trying to push a Tintin cinematic like universe. The Fablemans, the kidnapping of Edgardo Mortara. That one's sound good. Fake. That one's pretty good. Sounds great. Like, That's actually a pretty good title. Um, <laughs> anyways, I don't know why I ended up on That's Steven Spielberg's page, movie, but it sounds like he's way. playing a character called Steven Spielberg at this point. <laughs> um He's well, going to be Stanley from everybody. now on, I think. He's going to show um, up in cameos in movies he's producing. And speaking of Stan Lee, uh, Stan Lee Kubrick made a Clockwork Orange. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Dan, for having never seen it. Thank you for being here. Oh, dude, thank um, you so much. Uh, so, if anyone wants to pick up uh, the book, it's wherever books exist. Uh, it's called I Am Not a Wolf, um, and I'm on Twitter at It's Dan Sheehan. Great. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for being here once again. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Love it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. A podcast network.